0: It is time to strengthen your faith, deepen your understanding of the Word of God, move from poverty to prosperity, and rest in the wealthy place. Join Dr. Osara M. the lead pastor of the Lakeview Horseshoe Gospel Church, Lagos, Nigeria, and founder of Ed John School of Management, and alumnus of Oxford University, Cranfield University, Hertfordshire University, and University of Lagos. One informative, educative, and impactive program, Wealthy Place. I want to welcome you to the wealthy place. Uh, today we're going to be focusing on the principles for financial flourishing. We tailed off the last episode was on the 12 laws of prophet. And I used the, I used the, 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 what I call the Elisha paradigm in teaching the wife of the prophet that was in debt when the husband died and was in debt. So Elisha paradigm, you know, was a narrative of how to live a life that is profitable and I use that to then look at both secularity and to also look at spirituality I looked at the two dimensions and so and that you can be profitable in your secular business and you can be profitable you know in eternity and then end up being glorified so my name is Dr. Osai Uh, the Senior Pastor of V4 Square Church in Lagos, Nigeria. God's will for every single Christian, every single child of His, is for you to prosper. Is for you to prosper. There is nothing more dear to God's heart than His children prosper. Flourishing, flourishing in health, in their body, in their soul, in their spirit, you know in everything and you know finances they are a part of it because you require financial flourishing for you to be able to engage with nourishing food to take care of this body for you to be able to you know ensure that if God the, the body is is having some challenges and you know you're asking God and maybe God want to really heal you through seeking medical attention but how do you pay for it if you do not really have this, this money, you don't have this. You really cannot assess these things. And if you do not, the, the very uh, unfortunate thing about it, is this is that the sad point is this: is that if you cannot keep the body healthy, this body to be healthy, your soul to be alive, because of lack of food and lack of health, the spirit needs the body, and the body dies. And so when the body dies, you know, the early dimension of the worldly place is gone. We may not fulfill purpose on earth. But because we have accepted Christ, then we will go to heaven. But would have actually failed to achieve God's purpose for us here on earth. So, to fulfill purpose, God wants us to flourish. The Bible says, in Proverbs 10, 15, the rich man's world is a strong city. So the rich man's wealth is a strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. You can see why God wants you to be wealthy, He wants you to flourish in every department. Because wealth can actually be a defense. In times of in-health, in times of whatever it is, in times of challenges, it can be a defense. And that's why it's there. God put it in the scriptures for us to read. So money is a defense. And that is why the Bible says money answered all things. In Ecclesiastes 10 verse 19. But the Bible also went on to then say, For the wisdom, knowledge and intelligence to make it to a point of greater flourishing is a greater defense. In other words, it's not for you to just have the money. You also need the wisdom. What I call financial wisdom. You know, if you have the financial literacy, Financial literacy is financial wisdom. It's another name of financial wisdom. If you don't have that, you really flourish. You flourish, you know, in your physical body. You flourish in your soul. You flourish because you begin to assess all those things God has designed for us. Because when you begin to dwell in those domains, God wants Christians to dwell. That is only when you can come to the worthy place, and you have a fortress of that worthy place in the dimension on earth, and you then have. You know, the second dimension in heaven, in eternity. So, as I said earlier, God desires us to have financial uh, prosperity, but it takes you to another level, what we call financial independence. And that is a higher level of financial prosperity, financial independence. That is in Ecclesiastes 7.12. So, it is not true that God-leading means we must be poor or that poverty and Christianity are two sides of the same coin. There are some people who carry that in their heads. They need a renewed mind. The parable of the talent, and several other parables that are just presented in the Bible, were ought to actually indicate that God desires prosperity for His own children. And in fact, your prosperity cannot be complete without financial freedom. You can't, you can't, it can't be complete without financial freedom. So we are going to be required to account to God for what we did with the talents is deposited in us because if we if we wasted the talents and at the end with many poverty just how the talent god gave unto us we will account to god for it so you, you don't have to waste it proverbs and sisters. you will account so the book of proverbs you know the bible says two things have I required proverbs 37 to 9. it says two things are required deny me not before i die remove far from me vanity and lies so a life of holiness Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. Lest I be full and deny thee. Say, who is the Lord? Lest I be poor and steal and take the name of God in vain. So, you see, quite a lot of people who steal, it's not because they really want to steal. But hunger can make them to steal. You know, and um, poverty can make them to steal. And that's why you then say, look, take poverty away. And when it spoke about don't give me riches, it's not the riches here is riches that takes your mind away from God. That's the riches talking about. It's not the riches that allow your mind to still sit in God. And God, look at your capacity to handle riches before he gives you. Because there's people he gives who then get riches, because they don't have the capacity to handle, they run away from God. And at the end of the gift day, they will have had a wasted life. So what scripture is saying is that prosperity should be a function of our capacity. Or ability. Those who can manage much wealth should have l- manage those who cannot manage much wealth should have less so that at the end of the day they don't have wealth here on earth and they then miserable, which is the ultimate place. You see laziness, frivolous, uh, frivolous expenditure, vanity, lies about giving up in life. All these are tendencies, you know, towards poverty. And poverty a cause and effect relationship with distance. Now, in Deuteronomy 8, 18, what did the Lord tell us? He said, "But thou shalt remain better than Lord thy God, for he is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. So, so to every child of God, God is giving power to us. What is that power? It's that with wisdom. And wisdom, a part of that wisdom is what I call financial literacy. That is, the law of financial independence. you have that wisdom, you have that wisdom. That's why the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. So that is power. God is not going to throw manna that He was throwing when you know the children of God was in the wilderness. No, 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 no. He not gives you wisdom. He gives you, He gives you enablement. He gives you capacity as we cooperate with Him. So that is when we exercise this capacity and wisdom, the wealth comes. But see, we must not forget that we didn't get it out of our own power. We got out of the wisdom now. Now to follow these laws, you know the laws of financial flourishing. There's a time to sow. You know if you go to Ecclesiastes three verses one to two, it talks about there's a time to sow and a time to reap. You see, you can't be waiting to reap when you have not sowed. And I, I think I shared the story about you know me having to work in companies, and my wife and I decided that we're going to set up a school you know, to be able to flourish financially. And so I was getting money from my work and I was putting it there and my wife was the headmistress and the, you know, a rascal. It you know, gave us wisdom. And it gave up an area where we also gifted because my wife went to a teacher training school. She's a teacher. And so mine also have, you know, a calling to teach as well. So we then went into an area where God called us to. And that was just where, you know, and then we then sold in there. As we're flourishing there, we're able to get from there to sow into another in communications. As we're so we got something from there to sow into security. So you just find that, you know, so the principles must be observed. God never works outside his own principles. He works with his own principles. So so that is the amount that we are able to re-sow and um, re-sow on how much of harvest you can get from whatever you sow. So if you've not really sowed much, you're not likely to get great harvest. So from the harvest, you then take a part and re-sow. So the difference between the poor and the rich is the biblical truth that has to do with sowing and reaping. So if you see two Christians, you know, and they are really very fervent, strong, and one is prospering financially, the other one is not, it's not because God hates the other one. It's that the other person is just not working in the principles. That God has given for financial flourish of sowing and reaping. So that's just it. And maybe just a once I do, I just go to church, I manage you, I come back home, I just go, I just come. So even business is seen as unholy. Whereas God, God Himself actually gives business, give you know the people who are called, you know, to the marketplace. And in that marketplace, resources are there to flourish, and even helps. The work of the ministry. You know, Paul actually dwelt in those. He was bold in the temple ministry and was the marketplace. And resources were flowing in between. You know. So I've told us what financial intelligence is. Uh, financial intelligence is the foundation for financial prosperity. So if you do not have financial intelligence, you cannot financially prosper. The way spiritual intelligence, you know, intelligence, is responsible for spiritual prosperity. Spiritual intelligence, you know, is actually um, is actually anchored. Spiritual intelligence is anchored on three main things, you know. Number one, uh, spiritual intelligence, having a relationship with God, okay, relationship with God, you know, and then uh, we always dwell in His Word, you know, we walking in faith, and then we live a prayerful life. That's it, you know. Of course, on the other side, prayerful is a life of thanksgiving. So then you then have that spiritual intelligence. So we also need physical intelligence which has to do with our body, you know, the kind of diet we take, the kind of exercise, the kind of environment we live in. So you find that to prosper in the soul, body and spirit, there's intelligence for each of these domains. There is learning, wisdom for each of these domains. So if you don't have wisdom for spiritual flourishing and you choose to disregard the wisdom for physical and prosperity, then you, you can prosper spiritually, go to heaven, but you live on this do- on this part of eternity in poverty. The you know, children of Issachar, what I know about the children of Issachar, you know, they said they were people who knew the man of God for the times. This is intelligence. Job refers to as wisdom. In Colossians 1 system, you know, financial intelligence is therefore financial wisdom. If you have it and apply it to your life, you will have financial flourishing. So there are two parts to it. Acquiring this intelligence, and the other part is utilizing it. Because there are so many people, they are quiet. They spend money, they do everything. They are quiet, but do they really Do they use it? Do they apply to their lives? You know? Do they apply to their lives? Now, so the first principle. Mindset change. Mindset change. People believe, there are people who believe in paid employment. They say, when I am in paid employment, my life is secured. That is a false paradigm. Ninety percent of people who retire in another kingdom cannot issue check for anyone after they are retired. Ninety percent. So they were working hard throughout their life, working so hard after retirement, they can't even issue check. Only about ten percent can issue. So it doesn't show that that I'm in employment. It doesn't actually secure my future financial prosperity. So I need to go a little beyond that. A mindset change. That requires not just working for money, but me being able to deploy savings, you know, into investment for money to start working for me is a major, major paradigm shift. Okay, so I want to leave that and then move on to the number two. The number two paradigm that we need as Christians, we need to destroy, is that all rich people are crooks. In fact, you see some people going the church because they are looking well. So you are a crook. And I can tell you this, beloved, you can be a Christian and be wealthy. Indeed, God made that provision. I want you to flourish on all sides. But when you find people have that paradigm, every rich man is a crook, they remain poor. Number three, that Christian must only focus on heaven and spiritual blessings. That is a wrong notion as well whatever i am is too small there's also a paradigm whatever i need is too small and so because it's too small i can't really save out of it there are some people who just live that life and some others said i need good luck to prosper in life Well, the self-called good luck is preparation meeting with opportunity in other words i'm prepared you know i'm prepared okay so i went to school to bible school to go and read theology so i have a diploma in theology and a, and a Diploma in Biblical Studies. Okay, now, so, I don't have a pastoral assignment, so I can do it because I prepared myself. There's an opportunity to preach, I can do it. I went to go and have a PhD in philosophy, so, I can teach. So, when I was invited to the University of Lagos, in postgraduate school, I didn't really apply, because I was prepared. So, preparation meets opportunity. Okay, Then I'm going to go another doctorate, for instance, in business administration. So you find you do this, you prepare for so political and say so we're looking for this guy. And I remember when also, I'm a trustee of Foursquare of, of uh, Marpas University, when we're choosing those who should be trustees by that time, we were looking at qualifications. So because I had a PhD in addition to being a pastor in the organization. so. This issue of good luck, good uh, is luck that made it, preparation. If you prepare yourself, build capacity. When the opportunity comes, you can grab it. This mindset needs to be renewed. So, because if you do not really change this issue of good luck, good luck rather than people preparing, then uh, people, you can actually help, you can actually perpetuate poverty and so many Christians. Now the other issue I want to speak on before I conclude this session is uh, we need multiple income streams. I'm going to have a full session on this in future uh, series for you to truly have financial independence. So when you check the lives of people like Bill Gates, the Dangotes, you know, what separates them from mother wherever it's multiple income and actually they are getting income. From different, different, different areas. And multiple income stream, what it does with you, it prepares you for a life of supernatural abundance. That's what it does. So we better reconcile ourselves to the fact that we need multiple income streams to guarantee financial freedom. Wishes can't change it. God give me the great to accept what I cannot change. So that is what I will say to you. So if you're in paid employment, it is not bad to be in paid employment. But little by little, you need to save. And then, when you then save, you then begin to invest in an area that you have skill in. So, so, when I talk about that, saving that also comes to the area you have uh, knowledge. So, knowledge is important because the seed of wisdom or power to make wealth is already in us. You need knowledge concerning the areas in which you want to invest. So until that arrangement is properly understood, the workman being a Christian or whatever it is or whatever age uh, will never really be able to prosper in the way that shows financial prosperity. So to acquire the knowledge and obtain financial intelligence, you must clearly desire to be wealthy. You see, it can't happen if you don't desire it. Because the Bible said it. The desire of the righteous shall not be cut off. If you desire that wealth, to carry that wealth on behalf of God, to desire that wealth to work for God, for the glory to come to God, you become a carrier. So, if you desire, it, acquire the skills for it. So, when you acquire those skills, some people might think you are wasting your time. For instance, just two years ago, my wife and I went to register for a real estate course. Because we are looking at the next phase. In a few years I'll be retiring in post school. But I didn't say what are we going to be doing? So as we minister around the world, can we not also be in real estate? So two of us, my wife and I, despite you know, by the grace of God, I attended about uh, the eight universities now and with 10 degree and diploma. So 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 we have to go to school to acquire this knowledge. So I want to encourage us that in any area I want to get into, try to go and get knowledge. Get knowledge for this the Holy Scripture says that the desire of the righteous shall not be cut off. You have to desire this. So I've told you the richer man in Babylon you know, he stated that the richer man in Babylon were the results of the wisdom of his people. The first had to learn how to become wealthy. The richer man, they had to learn. They did not just learn this from priests they went to the man who had the most knowledge. And the man was called Akkad was called Akkad. they went to Akkad, the richest man in Babylon and he was asked how he moved from abject poverty and became very the richest man in the land. And the answer, by taking advantage of the opportunities available to all citizens of our city. So with poverty he had great desire for wealth. Then he went for the knowledge that would help him realize his desire. And so the king requested him to teach everyone in Babylon the seven cures for a lean The seven cures for a lean So which he taught. I'll give you these seven very quickly. Seven principles for financial. Disease. The seven cures. So it was Akar. Okay. Start that pulse by fattening. What does it mean by that? Is it from your money you get by factoring. Take it and always be investing. Take a portion and be investing. So it, it need to factoring your post. Control your expenditures. People try to, you know, control your expenditure. People just, I want to do this. Oh, so my friend is doing that. We want to do that. Number three, make that goal multiply. What do you do multiply is by putting in the sensible investment. It begin to multiply. So that's the third cure, top cure for, you know, like account teaching. This day is the top cure for a limp host, to put each coin to labor. He said, it starts. The process of you breaking away from poverty. Now, the fourth guide their treasure from loss. So, if you've invested, how are you going to show that you don't? So, that's why you do some insurance. For instance, I can quickly ask and say that here, you know, I have to insure my own income. I insured, I did insure, I'm paying some money every month. That if I should have no work, I can't work for two years, how much I will be paid monthly. I did double insurance. Also, the way we also insure is to make sure that the money you are putting into investment, they are not very risky investments. They are investments that are less risky. So, you guard your treasures. And finally, make of that dwelling a profitable investment. In other words, aspire to actually own where you live. But don't go and lose Go into these mortgages. There are people going to big mortgages to live in big houses. They live in debt throughout life. But to get a small place where now is your own. When you then have that small place that's your own, you and your family can be there, and you can begin to fatten your pulse. You know. So uh, when it were teaching on the on the. On the laws, Akad so was teaching on those laws um, for increase. So those laws that people who apply it to their lives, uh, there's a lot of difference in their lives in terms of their prosperity. So, so uh, a part of ensuring your income, always increasing your capacity to earn. I'd to yourself every time. So, so, and then, I, saw, I told the fifth, to then the sixth, then and let me get to the seventh now. You can take care of your family because if you don't take care of your family uh, and um, what then happens is the time will then come that uh, uh, that could be a drawback. And finally, the seventh law, the seventh law for, is that the, but the seventh and the last remedy for a lean is to cultivate thy own power, to study and become wiser, to become more skillful, to act as to respect thyself. Thereby that thou shall acquire confidence in thyself to achieve thy carefully considered desires. So those are the seven cures for a Olympus. And um, you go to Hazard at 8.1, it will begin to actually show you, you know, the scriptural foundation for this that was then taught about how to begin to multiply wealth, how to begin to, you know, prosper in terms of, you know, financial literacy. So, thank you so much for, for listening and I will come your way again and I will then be taking the second part in this series. But meanwhile, if you have questions, if you have contributions, uh, you will see the numbers scrolled on the screen and the email addresses, you can send them to me And I will try to get back to you. Thank you very much and God bless you.